0: Section 74 of London Labour and the London Poor, Volume 2, by Henry Mayhew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Of the City Sewers As yet, I have spoken only of the sewers of London, without the city. But the sewers within the city, though connected, for the general public drainage and sewerage of the capital, with the works under the control of the Metropolitan Commissioners, Are in a distinct and strictly defined jurisdiction superintended by city commissioners and managed by city officers and consequently demand a special notice note of the derivation of the word sewer there have been many conjectures but no approximation to the truth one of the earliest instances i have met with of any detailed mention of sewers is in an address delivered by a coroner whose name does not appear to a jury of sewers this address was delivered somewhere between the years sixteen sixty and sixteen seventy the coroner having first spoken of the importance of navigation and draining then came to the question of sewers sewers he said are to be accounted your grand issuers of water from whence i conceive they carry their name sewers quasi issuers i shall take his opinion who delivers them to be currents of water, kept in on both sides with banks, and, in some sense, they may be called a certain kind of a little or small river. But as for the derivation of the word sewer, note, S-E-W-A-R, end note, from two of our English words, sea and where, or, as others will have it, sea and ward, give me leave, now I have mentioned it, to leave it to your judgments, However, this word sewer is very famous amongst us, both for giving the title of the commission of sewers itself, and for being the ordinary name of most of your common water courses for draining, and therefore I presume there are none of you of these juries, but both know, one, what sewers signify, and also, in particular, two, what they are, and of a thing so generally known, and of such general use. The Reverend Dr. Lemon, who gave the world a work on English etymology from the Greek and Latin, and from the Saxon and Norman, was regarded as a high authority during the latter part of the last century, when his quarto first appeared. The following is his account under the head Sewers. Skin rejects Minch's derivative of olim scriptum fuise seward a seward, quod versus mare facte sunt. Longe verisimilius a father Gall uir. Centina insili suple aquarum. Then why did not the doctor trace this father Gall uir? If he had, he would have found it distorted ab Greek. Idor, aqua, sewers being a species of aqueduct. Lie, in his addendum, gives another derivation, namely, ab Iceland. Sua culare ut existimo, ad quod refere velum suer. cloaca. per sordes urbis tur. The very word sordes gives me a hint that sewer may be derived a syro vel saro vero. nempe quia sordes, que everuntur e domo in umun locum accumulantur. r suros soros, cumulus, vos, a collection of sweepings, slop, dirt, and so on. But these are the follies of learning. Had our lexicographers known that the vulgar were, as Dr. Latham says, the conservators of the Saxon language, with us, they would have sought information from the word shore, which the uneducated, and consequently unperverted, invariably use in the place of the more polite sewer. The common sewer is always termed by them the common shore. Now, the word shore, in Saxon, is written s-c-o-r-e and s-c-o-r, for c equals h. And means not only a bank, the land immediately next to the sea, but a score, a tally, for they are both substantives, made from the verb skeran, past sker, sker. Past participle scoren, scoren. to shear, cut off, share, divide. And hence they meant, in the one case, the division of the land from the sea, and in the other, a division cut in a piece of wood, with a view to counting. The substantive scar has the same origin, as well as the verb to score, to cut, to gash. The Scandinavian cognates for the Saxon score may be cited as proofs of what is here asserted. They are Icelandic, slor s-k-o-r, a notch, Swedish, skara, a notch, and Danish, sko, s-k-a-a-r, and sku-a, s k u r e, a notch, an incision. It would seem, therefore, that the word shore, in the sense of sewer, Danish, Skura. skure, s-k-u-r-e. Anglicy, shure, s-h-u-r-e, for k equals h. Originally meant merely a score or incision made in the ground, a ditch sunk with the view of carrying off the refuse water, a water course, and consequently, a drain. A sewer is now a covered ditch or channel for refuse water. End note. The account of the city sewers, however, may be given with a comparative brevity, for the modes of their construction, as well as their general management, do not differ from what I have described as pertaining to the extra-civic metropolis. There are nevertheless a few distinctions which it is proper to point out. The city sewers are the oldest in the capital, for the very plain reason that the city itself, in its site if not now in its public and private buildings, is the oldest part of London, as regards the abode of a congregated body of people. The ages, so to speak, of these sewers vary for the most part according to the dates of the city's rebuilding after the Great Fire, and according to the dates of the many alterations, improvements, removal or rebuilding of new streets, markets and so on, which have been effected since that period. Before the Great Fire of 1666, all drainage seems, with a few exceptions, to have been fortuitous, unconnected, and superficial. The first public sewer built after this important epoch in the history of London was in Ludgate Street and Hill. This was the laudable work of the Dean and Chapter of St. Paul's, and was constructed at the instance, it is said, and after the plans, of Sir Christopher Wren. There is perhaps no official or documentary proof of this, for the proclamation from the King in Council, the Acts of Parliament, and the resolutions of the Corporation of the City of London at that important period are so vague and so contradictory, and were so frequently altered or abrogated, and so frequently disregarded, that it is more impossible than difficult to get at the truth. Of the fact which I have just mentioned, however, there need be no doubt, nor that the second public city sewer was in Fleet Street, commenced in 1668, the second year after the fire. There are nevertheless older sewers than this, but the dates of their construction are not known. We have proof merely that they existed in old London, or, as it was described by an anonymous writer, quoted, if I remember rightly, in Maitland's History of London, London ante Ignum, London before the fire. These sewers, or rather portions of sewers, are severally near Newgate, St. Bartholomew's Hospital sewer, and that of the Iron Gate by the Tower. The sewer, however, which may be pointed out as the most remarkable, is that of Little Moorgate, London Wall. It is formed of red tiles, and from such being its materials, and from the circumstance of some Roman coins having been found near it, it is supposed by some to be of Roman construction, and of course coeval with that people's possession of the country. This sewer has a flat bottom, upright sides, and a circular arch at its top. It is about five feet by three feet the other older sewers present much about the same form and an act in the reign of charles ii directs that sewers shall be so built but that the bottom shall have a circular curve i am informed by a city gentleman one taking an interest in such matters that this sewer has troubled the repose of a few civic antiquaries some thinking that it was a roman sewer while others scouted such a notion arguing that the romans were not in the habit of doing their work by halves and that if they had sewered london great and enduring remains would have been discovered for their main sewer would have been a solid construction and directed to the thames as was and is the cloaca maxima in the eternal city to the tiber others have said that the sewer in question was merely built of roman materials perhaps first discovered about the time, having originally formed a reservoir, tank, or even a bath, and were keenly appropriated by some economical or scheming builder or city official. That the Britons, says Tacitus in his Life of Agricola, who led a roaming life and were easily incited to war, might contract a love for peace by being accustomed to a pleasanter mode of life. Agricola assisted them to build houses, temples, and marketplaces. By praising the diligent and upbraiding the idle, he excited such emulation among the Britons that after they had erected all those necessary buildings in their towns, they built others for pleasure and ornament, as porticos, galleries, baths, and banqueting houses. The sewers of the City of London are then a comparatively modern work. Indeed, three-fourths of them may be called modern. The earlier sewers were, as I have described under the general head, ditches, which in time were arched over, but only gradually and partially, as suited the convenience or the profit of the owners of property alongside those open channels, some of which thus presented the appearance of a series of small, uncouth-looking bridges. When these bridges had to be connected so as to form the summit of a continuous sewer, they presented every variety of arch, both at their outer and undersides. Those too near the surface had to be lowered. Some of these sewers, however, were in the first instances connected despite difference of size and irregularity of form. The result may be judged from the account i have given of the strange construction of some of the westminster sewers under the head of subterranean survey how modern the city sewers are may best be estimated from the following table of what may be called the dates of their construction the periods are given decennially as to the progress of the formation of new sewers seventeen o seven to seventeen seventeen 2,805 feet, 1717 to 1727, 2,110 feet, 1727 to 1737, 2,763 feet, 1737 to 1747, 1,238 feet, 1747 to 1757, 3,736 feet seventeen fifty seven to seventeen sixty seven three thousand seven hundred and thirty six feet seventeen sixty seven to seventeen seventy seven seven thousand five hundred and ninety seven feet seventeen seventy seven to seventeen eighty seven eight thousand six hundred and ninety three feet seventeen eighty seven to seventeen ninety seven three thousand one hundred and eighteen feet seventeen ninety seven to eighteen oh seven Five thousand one hundred and sixteen feet eighteen o seven to eighteen seventeen five thousand and ninety seven feet eighteen seventeen to eighteen twenty seven seven thousand eight hundred and forty seven feet Subtotal to eighteen twenty seven fifty two thousand eight hundred and ten feet Reader's note This is Mayhew's printed subtotal Based on the individual decennial figures, the subtotal to 1827 would be 53,856. End reader's note. 1827 to 1837, 39,072 feet. 1837 to 1847, 88,363 feet. Subtotal 1827 to 1847, One hundred and twenty seven thousand four hundred and thirty five feet, thus the length made in the twenty years previous to eighteen forty seven was more than double all that was made during the preceding one hundred and twenty years, while in the ten years from eighteen thirty seven to eighteen forty seven, the addition to the lineal extent of sewerage was very nearly equal to all that had been made in one hundred and thirty years previously. This addition of 127,435 feet, or rather more than 24 miles, seems but a small matter when London is thought of. But the reader must be reminded that only a small portion, comparatively, of the metropolis is here spoken of, and the entire length of the city sewerage, at the close of 1847, was but 44 miles. So that the additions I have specified as having been made since eighteen thirty seven were more than one-half of the whole. The reconstructions are not included in the metage I have given for as the new sewers generally occupied the same site as the old, they did not add to the length of the whole. The total length of the city sewerage was on the thirty first of December eighteen fifty one no less than forty nine miles while the entire public way, was at the same recent period 51 miles, containing about 1,000 separate and distinct streets, lanes, courts, alleys, and so on and so on, and I am assured that in another year or so, not a furlong of the whole city will be unsewered. The more ancient sewers usually have upright walls, a flat or slightly curved invert, and a semicircular or gothic arch. The form of such as have been built, apparently more than 20 years ago, is that of two semicircles, of which the upper has a greater radius, connected by sloping sidewalls. Those of recent construction are egg-shaped. The main lines are not unfrequently elliptic. In the case of the fleet and other ancient affluents of the Thames, The forms and dimensions vary considerably. Instances occur of sewers built entirely of stone, but the material is almost invariably brick, most commonly 9 inches in substance. The larger sewers 14 and sometimes 18 inches. The falls or inclinations in the course of the city sewerage vary greatly, as much as from 1 in 240 to 1 in 24 or, in the first case, from a fall of 22 feet, in the latter, of course, to 10 times such fall, or 220 feet per mile. There are, moreover, a few cases in which the inclination is as small as 1 in 960, others where it is as high as 1 in 14. This irregularity is to be accounted for partly by the want of system in the old times, and partly from the natural levels of the ground. The want of system and the indifference shown to providing a proper fall, even where it was not difficult, was more excusable a few years back than it would be at the present time, for when some of these sewers were built, the drainage of the house refuse into them was not contemplated. The number of houses drained into the city sewers is, as precisely as such a matter can be ascertained, 11,209. The number drained into the cesspools is 5,030. This shows a preponderance of drainage into the sewers of 6,179. The length of the house drains in the city, at an average of 50 feet to each house, may be estimated at upwards of 106 miles. These city drains are included in the general computation of the metropolis. The gully drains in the city are more frequent than in other parts of the metropolis, owing to the continual intersection of streets and so on, and perhaps from a closer care of the sewerage and all matters connected with it. The general average of the gully drains I have shown to be 59 for every mile of street. I am assured that in the city the street drains may be safely estimated at 65 to the mile. Estimating the streets gullied within the city, then, at an average of 50 miles, or about a mile more than the sewers, the number of gully drains is 3,250, and the length of them about 50 miles, but these, like the house drains, have been already included in the Metropolitan Enumeration. The actual sum expended yearly upon the construction and repairs and improvements of the city sewers cannot be cited as a distinct item, because the court makes the return of the aggregate annual expenditure, as regards pavement, cleansing, and the matters specified as the general expenditure, under the Court of Commissioners of the City Sewers. The cost, however, of the construction of sewers, comprised within the civic boundaries, is included in the general metropolitan estimate before given of the outlets, ramifications, and so on, of the sewers. In this enumeration I speak only of the public outlets into the river, controlled and regulated by public officers. The orifices, or mouths, of the sewers, where they discharge themselves into the Thames, beginning from their eastern, and following them seriatum, to their western extremity, are as follows. Limehouse Hole, Iron Gate Wharf, East Cliff Cross, Fox lane Chadwell, London Dock, St. Catherine's Dock, the 11 city outlets which I shall specify hereafter, Essex Street Strand, Norfolk Street Strand, Durham Hill or Adelphi, Northumberland Street, Scotland Yard, Bridge Street Westminster, Pimlico, Cubits, also in Pimlico, Chelsea Bridge, Fulham Bridge, Hammersmith Bridge, Sanford Bridge, into a sort of creek of the Thames, or near the four bridges, Tuchinham, Hampton, in all 32. It might only weary the reader to enumerate the outlets on the Surrey side of the Thames, which are 28 in number, so that the public sewer outlets of the whole metropolis are 60 in all. The public sewer outlets from the City of London into the Thames are, as I have said, eleven in number, or rather, they are usually represented as eleven, though in reality there are twelve such orifices, the upper and eastern custom-house sewers, which are distinct, being computed as one. These outlets, generally speaking, the most ancient in the whole metropolis, are London Bridge, Ancient Walbrook, Paul's Wharf, the Fleet Street Sewer at Blackfriars Bridge, I mention these four first because they are the largest outlets. Tower Dock, Pool Quay, Custom House, New Walbrook, Dewgate Dock, Hamburg Wharf, Puddle Dock. Until recently there was also Whitefriars Docks, but this is now attached to the Fleet Sewer outlet. The Fleet Sewer is the oldest in London. No portion of the ditch or river composing it is now uncovered within the jurisdiction of the city, but until a little more than eleven years ago, a portion of it north of Holborn was uncovered, and had been uncovered for years. Indeed, as I have before intimated, barges and small craft were employed on the Fleet River, and the city determined to encourage its navigation. Even the polite Earl of Chesterfield, a century ago, for his lordship was born in 1694 and died in 1773, when asked by a Frenchman in Paris if there was in London a river to compare to the Seine, replied that there certainly was, and it was called Fleet Ditch. This is now the sewer, but it was not a covered sewer until 1765, when the corporation ordered it to be built over. The next oldest sewer outlet is that at London Bridge, and London antiquaries are not agreed as to whether it or the fleet is the oldest. The Fleet Sewer at Blackfriars Bridge is 18 feet high, between Tudor Street and Fleet Bridge, about the foot of Ludgate Hill, 14 feet 3 inches high, at Holborn Bridge, 13 feet, and in its continuation in the long unfinished Victoria Street, 12 feet 3 inches. In all these localities, it is 12 feet wide. The new London Bridge sewer, built or rebuilt, wholly or partly, in 1830, is 10 feet by 8 at its outlet, decreasing to the south end of King William Street, where it is 9 feet by 7, while it is 8 feet by 7 in Moorgate Street. Paul's Wharf sewer is 7 feet 6 inches by 5 feet 6 inches near the outlet. With the one exception of the Fleet River, none of the city sewer outlets are covered, the fleet outlet being covered even at low water. The issue from the others runs in open channels upon the shore. Mr Haywood, February twelfth, 1850, in a report of the City Sewer Transactions and Works, observes, quote, During the year, 1849, the outlet sewers at Billingsgate and Whitefriars two of the outlets of main sewers which discharged at the line of the river wall, have been diverted, times of storm excepted, There remain therefore but 11 main outlets within the jurisdiction of this commission, which discharge their waters at the line of the river wall. As a temporary measure, it is expedient to convey the sewage of the whole of the outlets within the city by covered culverts, below low-water mark, This subject has been under the consideration both of this commission and the navigation committee whether the covered culvert is better than the open run is a matter disputed among engineers as are very many other matters connected with sewerage and one into which i need not enter mr haywood says further the fleet sewer already discharges its average flow by a culvert below low-water mark. With one exception only, I believe, none of the numerous outlets which for a length of many miles discharge at intervals into the Thames at the line of the river wall, both within and without your jurisdiction, discharge by culverts in a similar manner. These eleven outlets are far from being the whole number which give their contents into the silver bosom of the Thames, along the bank line of the city jurisdiction, there are, including the eleven, one hundred and eighty-two outlets, but these are not under the control, unless in cases of alteration, nuisance, and so on, of the Court of Sewers. They are the outlets from the drainage of the wharfs, public buildings, or manufactories, such as gasworks, and so on, on the banks of the river, and the right to form such outlets having been obtained from the Navigation Committee who, under the Lord Mayor, are conservators of the Thames. The care of them is regarded as a private matter, and therefore does not require further notice in this work. The officers of the City Court of Sewers observe these outlets in their rounds of inspection, but interfere only on application from any party concerned, unless a nuisance be in existence. To convey a more definite notion of the extent and ramified sweep of the sewers, I will now describe, for the first time in print, some of the chief sewer ramifications, and then show the proportionate or average number of public ways, of inhabited houses, and of the population to each great main sewer, distinguishing, in this instance, those as great main sewers which have an outlet into the Thames. The reader should pursue the following accounts with the assistance of a map of the environs, for, thus aided, he will be better able to form a definite notion of the curiously mixed and blended extent of the sewerage already spoken of. First, then, as to the ramifications of the great and ancient fleet outlet. From its mouth, so to speak, near Blackfriars Bridge, its course is not parallel with any public way, but running somewhat obliquely, it crosses below Tudor Street into Bridge Street, Blackfriars, then occupies the centre of Farringdon Street, and that street's prolongation, or intended prolongation, into the new Victoria Street, the houses in this locality having been pulled down long ago, and the spot being now popularly known as the Ruins, and continues until the city portion of the fleet sewer meets the metropolitan jurisdiction, between saffron and mutton hills. The junction, so to call it, being under the houses, a common phrase among flushermen. Note, this outlet is known to the flushermen and so on as below the backs of houses, from its devious course under the houses, without pursuing any direct line parallel with the open part of the streets. End note. A little farther on, it connects itself with an open part of the fleet ditch, running at the back of Turnmill Street, Clerkenwell. In its city course, the sewer receives the issue from 150 public ways, including streets, alleys, courts, lanes, and so on, which are emptied into it from the second, third, or smaller class sewers, from Ludgate Hill and its proximate streets, the St. Paul's locality, Fleet Street, and its adjacent communications in public ways, with a series of sewers running down from parts of Smithfield and so on. The greatest accession of sewage, however, which the fleet receives from one issue, is a few yards beyond where the city has merged into the metropolitan jurisdiction. This accession is from a first-class sewer, known as the White Cross Street Sewer, because running from that street and carrying into the fleet the contributions of 60 crowded streets. After the junction of the covered city sewer with the uncovered ditch in Clerkenwell, the Fleet River sewer, again covered, skirts round Cold Bathfields Prison, the Middlesex House of Correction, runs through Clerkenwell Green into the Bagnage Wells Road, so on to Battle Bridge and King's Cross, then along the old St Pancras Road, and thence to the King's Road, a name now almost extinct where the St Pancras Workhouse stands close by the Turnpike Gate. Along Upper College Street, Camden Town, is then the direction of this great sewer, and running under the canal at the higher part of Camden Town, near the bridge by the terminus of the Great North Western Railway, it branches into the highways and thoroughfares of Kentish Town, of Highgate and of Hampstead, respectively, and then at what one informant described as the outside of those places, receives the open ditches which form the further sewerage under the control of the commissioners who cause them to be cleansed regularly. In order to show more consecutively the direction from place to place in straight, devious or angular course of this the most remarkable sewer of the world, considering the extent of the drainage into it, I have refrained from giving beyond the White Cross Street connection with the fleet, an account of the number of streets sewered into this old civic stream. I now proceed to supply this deficiency. From a large outlet at Clerkenwell Green, a very thickly built neighbourhood, flows the connected sewage of 100 streets. At Maiden Lane, beyond Kings Cross, a district which is now being built upon for the purposes of the Great Northern Railway, The sewage of 10 streets is poured into it. In the course of this sewer along Camden Town, it receives the issue of some 20 branches or 40 streets and so on. About 15 other issues are received before the open ditches of Kentish Town, Highgate and Hampstead are encountered. It is not, however, merely the sewage collected in the precincts of the city proper, which is outletted, as I heard a flusherman call it, into the Thames. Other districts are drained into the large city outlets nearing the river. Many of your works, says Mr. Haywood, the City Surveyor, in a report addressed to the City Commissioners, October 23rd, 1849, have been beneficially felt by districts some miles distant from the city. 29 outlets have been provided by you for the sewage of the County of Middlesex, the highland off and about Hampstead, drains through the Fleet Sewer. Holloway and a portion of Islington can now be drained by the London Bridge Sewer. Norton Folgate and the densely populated districts adjacent are also relieved by it. On the other hand, the Iron Gate Sewer, one of the most important, which has its outlet in the Tower Hamlets, drains a portion of the city. The reader must bear in mind also that were he to traverse the Fleet Sewer in the direction described, for all the men I conversed with on the subject, if asked to show the course of sewerage with which they were familiar, began from the outlet into the Thames. The reader, I say, must remember that he would be advancing all the way against the stream, in a direction in which he would find the sewerage flowing onward to its mouth, while his course would be towards its sources. On the left-hand side, for the account before given refers only to the right-hand side, Proceeding in the same direction, after passing the underground precincts of the city proper, there is another addition, near Saffron Hill, of the sewage of 30 streets. Then, at Gray's Inn Road, is added the sewage of 100 streets. New Road at King's Cross, 20 more streets. From the whole of Summerstown, a populous locality, the sewage concentrating all the busy and crowded places round about the Brill, and so on, the sewage of 120 streets is received, and at Pratt Street, Camden Town, 12 other streets. Thus, into this sewage current, directed to one final outlet, are drained the refuse of 517 streets, including, of course, a variety of minor thoroughfares, courts, alleys, and so on, and so on, as in the neighbourhoods of Gray's Inn Road, in Clerkenwell, Town, and so on. Some of these tributaries to the efflux of the sewage are barrel drains, but perform the function of sewers along small courts, where there is no thoroughfare either upon or below the surface. The London Bridge Sewer runs up King William Street to Moorgate Street, along Finsbury Square into the City Road, diverging near the Wharf Road, which it crosses under the canal near the Wenlock Basin, and thence along the Lower Road, Islington, by Cock Lane through Highbury Vale. After this, at the extremity of Holloway, the open ditches, as in the former instance, carry on the conveyance of sewage from the outer suburbs. The King's Scholars Pond Sewer, which seems to have given the commissioners more trouble than any other, in its connection with Buckingham Palace, St. James's Park, and the new Houses of Parliament, runs from Chelsea Bridge, past Cubitt's Workshops, and along the King's Road, to Eaton Square the whole of which is drained into it. Then, turning round, as one man described it, it approaches Buckingham Palace, which, with its grounds, as well as a portion of St. James's and the Green Parks, is drained into this sewer. Then, branching away for the reception of the sewage from the houses and gardens of Chelsea, it drains Sloane Street, and crossing the Knightsbridge Road, runs through or across Hyde Park to the Swan at Bayswater whence its course is by the Westbourne district, and under the canal, along Paddington, until it attains the open country, or rather the grounds in that quarter, which have been very extensively, and are now still being, built over, and where new sewers are constructed simultaneously with new streets. Thus, in the reach, as I heard it happily enough designated, of each of these great sewers, The reader will see from a map the extent of the subterranean metropolis traversed, alike along crowded streets ringing with the sounds of traffic, among palatial and aristocratic domains, and along the parks which adorn London, as well as winding their ramifying course among the courts, alleys and teeming streets, the resorts of misery, poverty and vice. Estimating then the number of sewers from the number of their river outlets, and regarding all the rest, as the branches or tributaries, to each of these superior streams, we have, adopting the area before specified as being drained by the metropolitan sewers, namely 58 square miles, the following results. Each of the 60 sewers having an outlet into the Thames drains 618 statute acres and assuming the number of houses included within these 58 square miles to be 200,000, and the population to amount to 1,500,000, or two-thirds of the houses and people included in the Registrar-General's metropolis, we may say that each of the 60 sewers would carry into the Thames the refuse from 25,000 individuals and 3,333 inhabited houses. This, however, is partly prevented by the cesspoolage system, which supplies receptacles for a proportion of the refuse, that, were London to be rebuilt according to the provisions of the present Building and Sanitary Acts, would all be carried, without any interception, into the River Thames by the media of the sewers. In my account of cesspoolage, I shall endeavour to show the extent of faecal refuse and so on, contained in places not communicating with the sewers, and to be removed by the labour of men and horses, as well as the amount of faecal refuse carried into the sewerage. End of section 74